everyone it is the last week of 2020 and i truly cannot thank everyone enough for sticking by dugout dish and this podcast it hasn't been an easy year for anyone and the fact that people actually sat and listened to me bumble on and talk about baseball it it blows my mind i'm forever thankful for each and every single one of you that have listened that have liked subscribed shared and honestly just given dugout dish and player to be named later the time of day Kaylin and I are back at it this week to talk about after Christmas sales, we're looking at you, Padres, and we're also going to have a little fun with some baseball trivia from the backs of baseball cards that Kaylin received for Christmas. The cards are from 1988 to 1995, so I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to get a few of these correct. So wish me luck and stay tuned because we have a very fun episode ahead of you. So, Kaylin, did you have a nice Christmas? I had an amazing Christmas. How about you? I had a really great, incredible Christmas. Did you get everything you wanted? Yes. Santa brought me everything that I asked for. What was your favorite present? Oh, my. I don't know. I got a lot of great gifts. I got a lot of good clothes. I got some nice baseball cards that we'll be unveiling a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think uh, this might pan out to be my favorite. The baseball cards. Really? Just to see how this, if this podcast goes well. If we get some of these right, if we if we get them all wrong, then they go to the bottom of the list. But if we get them all right, then they'll go to the top. Okay. I, I can see that. I can see that being a hit or miss with us. Mm-hmm. And then did you get everything you wanted? I did. Do you have a favorite? I do. What? I just can't use it yet. Okay. It's... It's the fo- all the stuff to put in my office for my photography from some guy. All of it? Yeah. I thought you can't just pick one. Which one's your favorite? Big banner, small banner, or your starter kit? The starter kit, the studio oh, starter okay. kit. That's good. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, I'm very excited to start my photography and use everything that you, you got me. Well, I tried to supply a nice starter kit. Um... Just your typical green screen, black drop and white drop mm-hmm. with um, the big umbrella lighting thing. I felt like if you're a photographer, you have to have one. I don't know what the name of them are. Big giant umbrella photographer thing. The bright. That's what I'm calling it. Oh, okay. It has a name. It does have a name, but that sounds more like something I would call it. It so. sounds more professional. Big giant bright umbrella bobber, And everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah. Like if you went to elementary school and on picture day, it was like right there. Mm-hmm. I almost ran into one one day. That would have been funny. Why would, a, why would that be funny? That's For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. I, I see how it is. So did you get any Christmas money? Yes. Okay. 
I ask because it seems like the Padres didn't get anything but money under their Christmas tree because they have been shopping after Christmas sales in Chicago, Korea, and Tampa this week. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? I feel great about it for the Padres. For a team that hasn't won a World Series, they have been twice in 84 and in 98. I'm excited for them. I like it when uh, teams kind of go all in on a season. I hope that Clevenger can return for next year. Uh, It may be unlikely or it might be towards the end or even the middle. And I'm sure he'll have to have some rehab starts and, you know, hopefully he comes back the same player. So they're trying their hardest to, you know, put it all out there. I mean, they started this with the Manny Machado Mm -hmm. and then now they're trying to bolster their pitching staff and do everything they can. Like I said, they got Machado and then Clevenger and now, these three, yep. two of them proven. Well, sorry, they got you Darvish's catcher too. So yes. he's proven to catch Darvish. Uh-huh. And then one unproven Korean player that's been incredible where he's been. Yes. And we'll have to see how he does. And they have Tommy Pham. I did not know that. Yes, they have They have Tommy Pham. Well, that's great. It's uh, That's the funny part about it uh-huh. with Blake Snell is when Tommy Pham was traded from the Rays to the Padres... That's when Blake Snell dropped that obscenity right. on Twitch. And so now he's going to the Padres for some prospects. Interesting. Right? I've well, always I found that amusing. I, I don't think Blake Snell needed to be in Tampa Bay anymore. No. I think he did a great job for him. I think everybody kind of has an idea of that Blake Snell didn't appear to be very happy with in-game decisions. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he wasn't happy with the franchise? Not always. He could have, you know, loved the city of Tampa Bay and loved his teammates and loved everything and just hated those decisions. And that may not amount to anything, but it it seemed he was very vocal in those game scenarios. It looked like the frustration was uh, higher than just, "Uh, I don't want to be taken out of this game. Like it was extreme. We all knew. During the World Series when he was taken out, that that was probably the last time we would see him in a Rays uniform. Or at mm. least that's how I felt. And actually, I think I said that to you. I think we were watching it and I was like, yeah, that's probably the last time we see him in a Rays uniform. He probably tweeted it. Somebody yeah, fact tweeted, check that. I tweeted a lot during the World Series. That's true. That's why I assume that you tweeted it. Probably. I remember that time when I screamed in your ear accidentally when Brett Phillips walked it off for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I kicked you and screamed in your ear all in the same time. I, it was a it was a weird time to be alive. I'm still recovering. You are. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. So unlike the Padres, everyone else has kind of been twiddling their thumbs. You know, I mean, it feels like the Padres are the only team that's actually done anything this off season. Well, if I were to guess, considering the Darvish and Snell were both trades, correct? Mm-hmm. That other teams were in on that. Mm -hmm. So we very easily could have had uh, the Padres potentially lose out on all three of these players, you know, and it could have been just three separate teams. It could have been more evenly spread. But just the fact that it was the Padres made the best deal. And I was saw something on uh, Twitter today that was saying that the Padres are not above trading their prospects yes who i i did know that they had anthony rizzo Mm -hmm. and traded him yeah i did not know that they had trey turner and max freed and there was one more that i 
can't remember off the top of my head. But the Trey Turner one was shocking because Trey Turner is definitely one of my favorite players right now. And I did not know that he started out in the Padres organization, but I did know that Anthony Rizzo. It's it's fascinating if you go back and you look at certain players and you're like, all right, where did they begin? And that was like um, on Twitter the other day. There's a picture of Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. in Braves uniforms. Mm -hmm. And of course, that was around 87. He was Jr. was about 17 years old. And that same year, he would be the number one draft pick and Seattle would get him. So a lot of people were kind of like, why didn't the Braves pick him up? Well, the Braves, they didn't have the first pick. They had the sixth pick. And so they went on to have someone else. But that's so I still think that's cool. Mm -hmm. And storylines like this are a lot more common in baseball than other Mm -hmm. sports, because in other sports, if, if you have somebody on the edge of your bench and you trade them and then they become a big player, that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. In baseball, it's so common. It's probably less common that players come up and become all-star caliber staying in that farm system. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like coming up as a Cardinal, drafted by the Cardinals, came up by the Cardinals, became an all-star with the Cardinals, for example. I mean, that didn't even, yeah, that didn't even even happen with Wayno. I mean, he started out with the Braves Mm -hmm. and was traded. Now, Yachty... It's pretty much just been signed, sealed, delivered a Cardinal. Right. But we don't know if he will be returning as a Cardinal. There's a lot of there's a lot of drama. His his social media has been kind of messy lately. Right. Because he wants more money than the Cardinals are willing to give him. And I understand that because he is Yachty or Molina. But I also understand that a lot of people are getting tired of it and they're like, well, just move on already. Right. I know that's the boat you're in. I'm very much in that boat. Mm-hmm. Give Andrew, Andrew Kisner a shot and move on. But my luck, Yachty will end up on one of my other teams. I feel it. Yachty and, and the Big Apple. It would be an interesting move. It would be. For some reason, I feel like it, it, he's he's not ever going to put up the same type of number. I mean, no. obviously he is older, so that is understandable. But I feel like... It's almost like he will lose his powers. Yeah. When he leaves. That that if he leaves that mythical being behind him will mm-hmm. just kind of I don't know. That's dis- how I feel. Dissipate, maybe. Yes. That's how I feel as well. Kinda like I always worry about Wayno. Like, would he be the same man on the mound in a different uniform? Wainwright I do. You think I so? I don't know why. Well, I I just have a lot of faith in pitchers that Mm -hmm. can pitch at that older age that he is and just the ability to get out. Yeah. I just I feel like that doesn't really change on your team as opposed to like maybe your whole uh, offensive focus Mm -hmm. and, you know, your defensive alignments and everything else change from team to team. Yeah. So I feel like that can affect hitters and fielders more than pitchers. But maybe that's just me. No, I agree with you. And. I think one of my favorite stories of a player being traded and looking completely different is Christian Yelich. He went from Miami to Milwaukee and and 2019 before he shattered his kneecap, which I watched and cried because I was supposed to see him in St. Louis like that next weekend Mm -hmm. or whatever. But um, yeah, he his numbers in 2019 were fantastic. Of course, 2020, not so much, but... Seeing him as a brewer compared to a Marlin was was drastic. Right. I mean, 
incredible player now. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty good for the Marlins. Incredible now. Oh, absolutely. So what is your favorite trade, like trade story? Oh, my. I mean, I guess you would have to say Babe Ruth getting traded. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, you put me on the spot. I didn't research this exactly. But <laughs> so I, I, I do know of those funny MLB trades where people got traded for bats. Yeah. I know that person is still alive and it's a funny story, I guess, for him. And I do know that there was a trade in which a player was traded for like fish. I'm wanting to say salmon because that city had really good salmon. I'm wanting to say it was Seattle. I'm going to need a lot of fact checking on this. They should have been the salmon or the Seattle salmons. That would work. Seattle. I, I actually really like it when teams have names like that. But um, <laughs> and he was traded for fish, and then they had to pay for his transportation there. Oh my god! And I think they bought him a bus ticket. I'm getting on the Google right now. Okay. So I just checked Google, and Kalen is not crazy, according to MLB.com. September first of 2020. Um, the title is he got dealt for catfish and then threw a perfecto. So it was 1998, and it was Ken Cranbull. That sound. I'm. I'm totally. Yeah. That. That sounds accurate. That sounds accurate from the way it's spelled. He wasn't happy. He was the former Cubs 1990 draft pick, and he was in his fifth season of indie ball. Oh boy, this is now turning into my world. He was 30 years old, and he was on the Pacific Suns, based out of his hometown in California. They were going nowhere. They had a bad record. The ownership was horrible. And, of course, he wanted out. He told MLB.com that he wanted he wanted out. He kept asking for a trade, but they wouldn't trade him. He, uh, he felt like he had a little leverage because he was the best pitcher on the team. And, you know, he, he had the best numbers. He was pitcher of the week. He was an all-star, etc. Look at his pitcher. That screams 1990s. It does. He was an Indy League veteran. He had played in the Northern League with the Rochester Aces, and this was his second stint with the Suns. But before that, he was he was supposedly on his way to uh, being a, a big leaguer, like a, a legit big leaguer. He uh, started playing baseball when he was like nine years old. He started pitching and throwing 90 miles an hour at the age of 16. And he had Tommy John before he even finished high school. He was drafted by the Cubs out of Juco and San Bernardino, and he pitched for Peoria. Um, The Cubs released him in 93, so he thought his career was done, but he gave it a second chance with Andy Ball. He didn't throw as hard as he once did, but he was still doing good. So in 98, as mentioned, he was dealt, and he wanted to be dealt to Greenville, Mississippi, to play for the Greenville Bluesmen, the team he had posted a 265 ERA for the year before. He didn't know how much longer he'd play, and he wanted to just be able to win before he called it quits. I understand that. You want to have a few wins before you officially say you're done. Yes. So he decided to take the matters into his own hands. And he drove, he hopped in his car and drove to Greenville. That was 1,866.4 miles from where he was in California. He drove straight through overnight for 25 hours, and he only stopped for gas. What about pee breaks? He would not want me in the car. (laughs) So the two teams realized what he was doing, and they had to hurry up and make a deal. So it would be 
him for $1,000, two players, and one of the strangest transactions in baseball history. They were known for their farm-raised catfish. So, it was a fish. It wasn't salmon, but it was a fish. It wasn't Seattle, but it was still somewhere where there is fish. So, the Greenville GM said, why don't we throw some catfish in? It'll get us some publicity. As it was reported, it was 10 pounds of catfish, and it made headlines around the United States. The starter was even asked to go to the farm after his first game to pick out the finest stock available. Oh, look at that. It's a catfish picture. <laughs> this is, like, great. This this article is really great. Um, so there was, like, no Twitter or cell phones back then. And if you did have a cell phone, it was, like, this big, giant candy bar. I remember them. Do you remember them, giant, crappy, crappy uh, things? I do from movies. Yes. Oh, okay. Now I feel old. Anyways, he found out that he had been traded for catfish once he arrived at their field. He was he was upset. You know, he called the deal ridiculous, but he didn't have time to dwell on it. So he went to sleep or he didn't go to sleep. He was on zero sleep and he toadied was starting that night. He said, I got my got in, signed my contract, got my uniform. And this was the 90s, man. We weren't afraid to play. No sleep, knew nothing about the other team other than they were the two time defending champions. And then the story gets a little crazier. It was a cold, rainy night, about 70, 80 people in attendance against the reigning Texas Louisiana League champions, the Armadillo. uh, The Armadillo. (laughs) The Amarillo Dillas. I can see how you got tongue tied. Yeah, that that was that was a lot. He pitched a perfect game on no sleep. Zero hits, zero walks, zero errors and a one nothing win. The ump said we're going to play until you give up a hit and he never did. So that's pretty amazing. He was known as Catfish Ken. That was the same year that Sammy Sosa and McGuire had the home run chase. So, you know, the fact that he in independent baseball made headlines across the United States during the home run chase of 98. That's pretty big. That's memorable. I agree. I think that that, I mean, they did it for publicity. I yeah. believe they got it. I mean, I heard of it and it was an indie ball thing. I didn't know it was indie ball. I didn't remember I'd read it a couple of years ago. I always thought it was very interesting. So I'm happy that you read up on that. And I'm happy that that article came out not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Give some light on the situation, but that is pretty funny. It said that they uh, have catfish night even to this day. That's at that, amazing at that field because of that, and uh, that's definitely the most interesting trade that I've heard of. We should go to catfish night. We should. If anybody remembers catfish, can at dugout dish on Twitter. Yes, please. So speaking of. Independent baseball news. The American Association released yesterday that they are teaming up and partnering with the Australian Baseball League. So that's super exciting because now, starting tomorrow, actually, you can go to www.aabaseball.tv and for $12.99 a month, you can watch Australian baseball games and you can watch the American Association games this summer. So that's pretty exciting. So I'm assuming that in a three-game series, they do uh, two games in America, one in Australia, and then flip-flop. So it's a uh, it's a pretty hectic weekend. <laughs> no. What they'll do is, so the Australian League's going on right now. And basically, so a lot of guys will leave here and go to Australia to play, including like even minor leaguers will go over <laughs> there. 
so their family doesn't get to really see them play. And the goal is for them to be able to watch them through the streaming, through the streaming side. Now, when summer ball starts up for the American Association, people in Australia will actually be able to watch the American Association game. So if guys come from Australia or wherever, even New Zealand, their families can watch them as well. Now, the time difference is going to be a little wonky and people are going to need a lot of coffee for either side, but it's still really cool. The goal ultimately is for the American Association and the Australian League to, you know, partner up and bring coaches and staff over from Australia to here and guys from America over to Australia just to improve both leagues. I like the idea. I know somebody that has actually played over in Australia and uh, he seemed to really enjoy it. Um, he played for the Aces is all mm-hmm. I remember. Is it Melbourne? or? I think so. So he played for them and he enjoyed it. Uh I don't believe that there's many Australian players. I think mm-hmm. he, he mentioned he had one on his team, I believe. So increasing baseball worldwide is also they're not worried about increasing no. it here, obviously, but, you know, increasing it in other countries, it'll it'll ultimately make <clears throat> baseball yeah. more competitive, even if, you know, there's not too many. Mm-hmm. A guy I know, he, he plays for the Phillies minor league affiliate in Florida, but he's in Australia right now playing for the Giants. So that's really cool. I just think we need more Kiwis in the MLB. We do. So New Zealanders, come on, let's let's toss the ball around, get going, come over here and play some baseball. They're big guys. They are. So we are going to return here shortly with some baseball trivia. So get ready for that because we're both about to make complete goobers of ourselves. You ready? Oh, God. (laughs) We'll be back. back to make complete jerks of ourselves by reading trivia from baseball cards from 1988 to 1995 and right now all I can think about is winning that brave sticker on the back of that Fleer action series card that's all I want for my laptop all right so I'll explain what I've gotten here all right so I have <clears throat> one two three four five baseball cards that are I have a Tino Martinez Cecil Fielder Chili Davis Bobby Ojeda and Pedro Guerrero. So on the back of each one of these cards, there's one singular question. And then on the other cards, I have two cards that have stickers on them and those have four on the back. Now the ones on the actual baseball cards, I've already read the questions and answers. So those are the ones that I'm going to be asking Chelsea. There's five of those. And then we'll have eight other baseball questions that we can ask to each other because that's not really even. And uh, the winner is going to get to keep the stickers. I really want the stickers. There's some really good uh, retro stickers here. So do you want to go back and forth or you want to do them all at once? We can we can go back and forth. Okay. All right. I'll hand you one. Okay. I'll ask you first. This is from 1992 is when these cards are from. So if that helps you. I was a year old. Okay. So you should remember these. You're good. At, you're good with dates. <clears throat> what player spent 22 years with the Cardinals winning seven batting titles and three MVPs. Give me a hint. 
Can I phone a friend? I don't. I don't think you need one. Who's your favorite cardinal? It's Stan the Man. It is Stan. It, the card says Hall of Famer Stan Musial. Read answer in a mirror. <laughs> so lucky I can read that. <laughs> All right. Let's embarrass me. All right. In what year was the first night game played at Wrigley Field? That's very fair. Um, Let's see here. My junior college still doesn't have lights. So I'm going to say 19... Have I got that right so far? You've got that right. 1941. No. What's the answer? 1988. I was not close. You were 40 years off. Ouch. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now my Tino Martinez card. Let's see here. What Hall of Famer won his 300th game while pitching for the Mariners? Oh, Lord. I'll give you a hint. You just said part of his name. No, in what you just said. You just said a phrase. Oh Lord! Yep, people listening—they're screaming it. Oh my! Do I do I know this man? Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. I think. I mean, he's fairly well known. Give me another. No, name. that's what. Oh, you, get. I, you didn't on. even give me one. <laughs> mm, um, I don't know. All right, it is Gaylord Perry. Have you heard of him? Yes, but I'm not gonna guess that. Well, you said, "Oh Lord, Gaylord." No. Oh. oh, fun fact. Uh, Gaylord Perry attended Campbell University. Their mascot, the camel, the Campbell University camels, is named Gaylord after Gaylord Perry. That's fascinating. But I won't get this trivia question right. Nope. (laughs) And if you do not get this one right, I think my father is going to, like, not share his fondue with you tomorrow for New Year's. Braves. It's the Braves. It deals with the Braves. What two cities were the home were homes of the Braves before Atlanta? Before Atlanta? Yep. Milwaukee? Yep. And is it Boston? Yes. Oh my. Oh my. Now I remember. The Boston Braves and the Boston Bean Eaters and the Boston and Red Hank Sox. Hank Aaron played for the Milwaukee Braves, huh? He was with them when they switched over, and then he ironically went back to Milwaukee and played for the Brewers until he retired. That I did not know. Yep. Oh, he played for the Indianapolis Clowns. He did. (laughs) So he is a very, very talented man, and we love him in this house. Yes, definitely one of my favorites. All right, is it my turn to ask you again? Yes. All right, let's see what Cecil Fielder has for us. Uh Uh-oh, specific Cecil Fielder question. Oh, man. Cecil is one of two active Tigers who have played in Japan. Active in 1992. Keep that in mind. Oh, God. Can you name the other? No. Automatically, no. All right. Reading this in a mirror that I don't have, Bill Gullickson. I would never have guessed that. Me neither. I've never even heard of him. I don't know if that means anything. There's probably I hope a Bill Gullickson fan is listening right now and is just <laughs> raging, but all right. Here is another Milwaukee. Oh, because I get it now. Uh one for each sticker. One for each sticker. Sticker. All right. So question number three. What team did the Brewers play in the eight hour, six minute, twenty-five inning marathon in nineteen eighty-four? Wow. Cubs. No. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Wrong Chicago team. White Sox? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is that's what, what initially came to mind, and I had no idea why, so I just disregarded <laughs> it. 
Well, we are not doing really good right now. We're not doing too hot. I should make a ones you got right pile. I, I got I'm one right. You got the Gaylord Perry one wrong. I thought you would get that. All right, let's see here. <clears throat> DH Chili Davis. <laughs> That's uh, what the card says. I'm a big fan of chili. All right. Well, here the this food. one. This one's fifty fifty. The food chili, not the. I mean, I'm Chili Davis fan too, but I you know you know my feelings on chili. Yep. All right. 50-50 here. Oh. Did Hall of Famer Harmon Killebrew ever hit 50 home runs in a season? True or false? Well, it's yes or no, <laughs> oh. but. <laughs> no. All right. I accept it. The answer is no. Yay. He hit 49 home runs twice. So close, but no cigar. No, but I mean, he made it to the Hall of Fame, so that's all that really matters for him, I guess. You've only got one question right. So far. Well, okay. You've had one more question than me. Do you feel like um, Holly and Michael, when they were doing the, who wants to be a slum dunder? Some dunder Mifflin air? Uh-huh. A little bit. Number four for the whole shebang. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is, now this one's a true or false question. Perfect. The Royals were the first American League expansion team to appear in a World Series. False? No. True. It's true. Gosh, that was, you, that was my second mind guess. Mind you, this is 1990, so this is four years or five years. This is five years before you were even born. Well, I didn't in your know defense. what classified as an expansion team back then because teams were moving all over the place. I mm-hmm. didn't know which ones. Um, I guess when I think about it, I really don't even know which teams are expansion teams, which are considered expansion teams, and which ones have just moved so many times that I don't know. So, all right, well. It'd be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Left-handed pitcher, Bobby. Ojeda. Ojeda. I think. Or Ojeda. Whatever you prefer. Ojeda. He, mm-hmm. was, he was on the Yankees. This guy? No. Ojeda. Oh. Ha. <laughs> oh. That was a good one. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> what Dodger left-handed pitcher no hit in four consecutive seasons? Sandy Koufax. Oh, that one was easy. It's today. That one just handed it to you. Today is his birthday. Is it really? Yeah. All right, moving on to the next sticker. I guess we can go back and forth on this one, unless you just want to rapid fire. Drum roll. Ask me all four and see if I can catch up. I want to ask you all four. These are all Cleveland Indian questions. So, you know, this might be the last year they're they're the Indians. So go spotters. Go baseball team. Go baseball team. Number one, in what season did the Indians establish the AL record of 111 wins in a season? Would you like a hint? Uh, sure. Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper were famous musicians at that time. 1958. Keep going down, buddy. 52. Go up. 56. Go down. 55. Go down. 54. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Number two, true or false? Cleveland holds the American League record for attendance with a regular season doubleheader game crowd of 84,587 in 1954. True. Correct. (laughs) They also had a 10 cent beer night in the 70s. I had no rational thought to answer that. I just went with it. I wish one of those questions was about 10 cent beer night, but I think they try to forget that. Um, Number three, true or false? The Indians needed five victories to beat the Dodgers in the World Series in 1920. False. True. A nine-game series. I what just, What was the question? 
The Indians needed five victories to beat the Dodgers in the 1920 World Series. Back when they played a nine-game series? It's a true nine-game series. Jeez Louise. Okay. All right. Here we go. The last one for the whole bananas. Okay. All the stickers. All right. What team did the Cleveland Indians defeat in the first championship playoff game in American League history? <laughs> okay. Is it still a team? Yeah, they're still a team. They're still a team. In fact, you're a fan of them. The Red Sox. Yes. I was going to say Red Sox from the get-go because that's one of the few teams that I know has been around that long. But I didn't know if I said Red Stockings or something, if it was Red Stockings or something like that. In 1948, they had identical records of 96 wins and 58 losses. Well, hot dog. I'm proud of us. Look at this. All right. We both stink. (laughs) Well, those are tough. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody listening right now that just couldn't believe that we didn't get some of those or even all of them. But In our defense, I was born, I was a year old when some of these cards came out, and Kaylin wasn't even a mere thought. The stickers were from 1990, and the other cards were from 93. So one of them you were born, one you weren't, and then I wasn't born for either. So My Lanta. All right, now... Or last rule of business, or is there more after this? This is it. Last rule of business, I found a scratcher. And we do like scratchers. From 1993. The rules are rub off the four base areas to play. If I get two areas, I win a package. If I get three, I win a triple play baseball cap. And if I get all four, I win the grand prize. And the grand prize is a trip to the All-Star game. The 1993. Three, All-Star game. Uh, Well, if I get all four, I'm going to see what I can do about this year's All-Star game. Okay. All right. Shall we start with which base? Um, Second. Start with second? Yeah. That's, all right. I was thinking home or first. It's so old that it's like taking forever to scratch off. Sorry, I'm going as fast as I can, everyone. Home run. It's a home run on second base. All right. <laughs> which one are we doing next? Um, Home. Home? Yeah. Oh, I flew out. Pop out. Fly out. First, a single. A single? Oh, okay. And third, a double. A double. So we we won nothing. So even in 1993, I couldn't win scratchers. (laughs) So what did we do with this? Do we keep it or throw it away? We keep it. Okay. We'll frame it. Okay. I really wanted to win a prize so that on air I could say that... um, Let's see here, because I read this earlier. The official rules, I have to stamp an envelope and send this in it to Triple Play Games, Department K, Box 662 in Monticello, Minnesota, by February 15th, 1993. (laughs) So I missed the date. Man. On any prize. Well, we tried. We tried, and we did not succeed. So who gets the stickers? You get the stickers. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's much appreciated. That's how you keep women happy. Oh, my. So we are going to wrap this episode up. We hope everyone has a wonderful and safe New Year's Eve tomorrow night. And thank you once again for sticking by us in 2020. Of course, Kaylin is just now getting started with Player to be Named later, but we are very much excited to have him and I'm no longer riding solo. So that's pretty sweet. As always, you can follow along on Twitter at Chelsea Brooke, at Dugout Dish, and at KaylinP25. Kaylin just now hit 400 followers, so I'm trying to, you know, see how many I can get him. And you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thank you. Stay safe and God bless.